Welcome to the Business in Vancouver podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Manning Elliott Accountants and Business Advisors. I'm Haley Wooden. I'm Tyler Orton. And we have some business news to talk about today. Why don't we start with our cover story for this week's BIV newspaper talking about Vancouver storefronts that are empty. I've seen a lot in the commercial drive area. What about you? Yeah, you know, uh, this is something definitely I feel in my neighborhood in Mount Pleasant. And our colleague at the newspaper, Glenn Korstrom, he's writing about it in depth uh, this week. Uh, he spoke to Michael Weeby. Uh, he is the president or it's actually a co-president in Mount Pleasant, but a co-president of the Mount Pleasant Business Improvement Association. He's also a former BC Green Party candidate for city council here in Vancouver. And then just emphasizing a lot of the problems that we're seeing in this particular neighborhood with regards to the whole idea that you look at the commercial property values here in Vancouver, and it might just be worth it for a lot of people to just sit on this empty land, wait for developers to scoop it up, essentially, as opposed to putting storefronts in there. Because for a lot of people, it's just going to be prohibitively expensive to mm -hmm. launch a business. And Glenn, he spoke to uh, Pepe Baraja uh, all about his attempts to launch a restaurant in Vancouver, it cost him hundreds of thousands of dollars going back and forth to the city. He says he was getting some wrong information. Um, it, 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 it's just a rare tough go of it. And I'm definitely seeing that in my neighborhood uh, here in Mount Pleasant, where you walk by, it, it's a it's a fun, vibrant neighborhood, but it could be more so if there are more stores, more people to go in and out of them. But I, I just don't understand kind of the empty storefronts that just persist. Like there's obviously maybe price differences in the market that don't quite match up with sure. what would make for a good business. Yeah, I, I mean, but you have to think if you're the owner of that property, even if you can't get a local business to come in at whatever the going rate would be, wouldn't it be better to at least have someone in there covering some of the costs? Yeah, you would hope so. But then if you're signing these long-term leases and maybe you're sitting on your hands waiting for a developer to take over the property, or if you think that you can eventually find somebody who's willing to pay outrageous prices. Mm -hmm. I'll give you a good example though about what is going on. So I, I live not too far away from the Independent, which is on Main and, or I should say right in between Main and Kingsway over on Broadway. And a large uh, condo development that's going on there. And we see one sign that says Freshy coming in the spring. Mm. It's like, okay. But otherwise, the, the, the mixed use building, there's really no other retail outlets that have scooped up the leases at this point, at least from what I can see from the outside. Um, you go a few blocks up or just like one block up, and there's a new, uh, another development, the Duke, uh, that's on Kingsway and uh, 12th, I believe. And there's just a lot of signs. The Duke's already open for uh, you know people to move in. There's a lot of signs that say you know for rent, for lease. Not a lot of signs that say leased at this point. These are brand new developments. So I'm wondering how much they're pri priced at versus all these other much older buildings in the neighborhood that are still sitting vacant. Like I wonder if it's just going to be better for some of these potential retailers, business owners to go into these even cheaper areas. And, and that's why these newer developments, they're still having the empty storefront problem as well. Interesting. I know on Commercial Drive, we sort of have the opposite problem, Problem, I think, to that. They built, a, it's like a one or two story brand new complex, not very big, but it has commercial on the bottom. And I'm not sure what'll be over top of it or if, it, if it's a multi-story commercial space. All three units, and I'm judging this based on the number of lease signs, they are leased. 
whereas there are many older buildings and there used to be a Wonder Box. It's in a massive space near commercial. I know that Wonder Box. Yeah, Wonder Box. Yeah. Yeah. It hasn't been there for some time. It's now totally cleared out. The challenge with that, I think, is it is such a big footprint that it would be quite expensive. And I don't know how Wonder Bucks lasted as long as they did the price of the items there. It's such a challenge for things like dollar stores or small grocers to stay in business. Yeah. Have you ever been by Welks on uh, Main Street as well, just around Maine and uh, I would say 18th? I think. Yeah, I think I've walked by that. Yeah. You know, it's a very similar thing to Wonder Bucks. Uh, the one thing that I'll say, it's always packed every time I go in. So that's good. Mm-hmm. I think people want to shop at these kind of discount retailers or I guess discount relative to the rest of Vancouver. Yeah. But okay, you bring up the Wonderbox example, which is interesting because that is a large retail space. Like it wasn't like some little closet or anything like that. There's a large piece of property on uh, Main Street, and I believe it's on uh, Main and 11th, Main and uh, 12th, thereabouts, and um, or Main and 10th, and uh, used to be a used furniture store. Is pretty sizable building. I, I believe it's in a heritage building, or at least one that would uh, strongly resemble a heritage building. Mm-hmm. And it's just been empty for going on months now. No signs that it's been leased. It, and I don't know what they would put in there. I, I mean, you need this huge, like a business that would be able to sustain all the necessary square footage that you'd be occupying. I don't know what would actually make sense for that based on like kind of the, the going rates that you see here in Vancouver. I'm curious, too, to see what's going to happen with retail requirements, zoning around cannabis. It might be a symptom of being in East Vancouver, but there have been noticeably a rise in the number of dispensaries and medical cannabis but, shops on commercial. And, and keep in mind, you know, uh, the city's been fighting with a lot of these people that they kind of move in. It's uh, better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're getting much forgiveness from the city. So these things are operating um, in kind of that gray zone or even the fact that the city has told them to shut down and it hasn't happened yet. So it is you wonder just how much these bylaw infraction fines that they're handing out to them really going to be much of a, a, a difference maker here. Yeah, either they're going to have to maybe up the fines or add some other sort of penalty. But if you're, I, I if you're not even paying the fines in the first place, uh, upping them, I don't know if that's, that's going to be a disincentive. Too. Yeah, so uh, why don't we take a, a quick break and we'll come back and just talk about some of the, uh, the, the business news around the globe that's been catching our eye the past week. This podcast is brought to you by Manning Elliott Accountants and Business Advisors. Manning Elliott has been providing expert accounting, assurance, business advisory, tax, and valuation services to businesses in the Lower Mainland and Fraser Valley since 1952. If you're serious about taking your business and brand to the next level, and if you want an accounting firm that'll be there to help you every step of the way, give Manning Elliott Accountants and Business Advisors a call. At 604-714-3600. That's 604-714-3600. Or you can check them out online at manningelliot.ca. What other worldly business news are you covering today? Yeah, well, markets closed on Wednesday. Well, they close every day. But after the close of markets on Wednesday, Facebook released its first financial results since the Cambridge Analytical scandal uh, broke out. And guess what? Uh, they're not hurting at all with mm. regards to uh, the privacy concerns that people have been uh, raising here. So we found out that revenue hit a record for Facebook, nearly $12 billion US. Uh, that's a growth of 50% year over year, nearly 50% year over year. Wow. Uh, daily, active, daily, daily active users. Uh, globally, it is at uh, just under $1.5 billion. 
in uh, North America, it's at 80, 184 million. These are daily active users, people that are checking Facebook at least once a day, right? Um, I'll, I'll say this, that there's a little bit of a, um, a, a buffer with regards to uh, the uh, financial results and the scandal here, mm-hmm. because it's only uh, within the last two weeks of the first quarter of twenty of a fiscal 2018 in which this Cambridge Analytica scandal broke out. Right. The real litmus test, I suspect it's going to be in the second quarter of the year to see if there's really any financial fallout. But my suspicion is, in talking to a lot of experts, people are like, well, okay, yeah, that sucks. But uh, I like using Facebook. I'll keep doing it anyway. So I don't know how much change is really going to happen. That's the thing I find really curious about this. Obviously, revenue would be determined by businesses and ad dollars, essentially, whether people choose to part ways with Facebook. But when you have some of the numbers Facebook does in terms of the audience, it's sort of quite a big stand to say, oh, we're not going to advertise on Facebook. We're not going to partner with you when you have so many users and so many active daily users. The thing I find interesting, too, is that it hasn't seemed to really hit the extent to which people interact with Facebook. Sometimes you see, you know, delete Uber, delete Facebook, whatever it may be. You see this rise, the resentment, frustration, but we still go on Facebook. Yeah. And I think people will continue to do that. Maybe the second quarter financials will uh, prove that assertion wrong. I just don't know if Facebook's going to be hurting. One of the other issues here, recall the last quarter of 2017 was soft relative to Facebook standards. So they implemented new changes in the news feed. And it looks as if those Newsfeed changes actually maybe help them out uh, mm-hmm. just based on the uh, quarterly results that we saw most recently. So look, let's look forward to second quarter. I, I can't wait to see if there's going to be like some real financial impact on the company based on the unfolding of the scandal. Yeah. And seeing what happens in, in Europe too, because I think this is far oh, from yeah. over, at least over there. Well, that's it for our podcast today. Thanks so much for joining us. This podcast was brought to you by Manning Elliott Accountants and business advisors. Tyler, where can people go to connect with you moving forward? Because we do have some changes, actually. Yeah, you know what? uh, For you and me both, uh, you can find us on BIV Today. Uh, Just check out our website, and that's going to be a daily podcast that we're going to be putting out moving forward. It's going to be a lot of the stuff that you'll get on the Roundhouse Radio 98.3 show that we've been doing the last two years, a lot of the similar sort of segments. I think we want to talk a lot about kind of the daily news that's going on Mm -hmm. as well. That should be exciting. But you can find my stories and your stories at BIV.com. You can also find me on social media, let's say Twitter. I'm at Reporton. That's R-E-P-O-R-T-O-N. Haley, what about you? My Twitter handle, at Haley Wooden. If you continue to subscribe to this to subscribe to this feed, you'll continue to get some content from our colleague, Kirk Point. Yep. We'll have a new feed up for BIV today. You'll be able to find all of that, as you said, at BIV.com. So we look forward to speaking and sharing with you there. 